You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 160, super geeky show. We're talking about Diablo 3 and Cosmicology. Woohoo! Check it out. And it is tech fan number 160. I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. And uh, David, 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 it's a it's a fun tech day for me. Why is that? I'm going to read on my iPad later. Good. <laughs> That's pretty much the extent of it, actually. <clears throat> uh, well, so, um, so I was traveling for most of this week. Yeah. Um, because, thankfully, because of the, uh, as I said a couple of weeks ago, because of Office for iPad is out now, I can use my iPad as a tablet with me rather than anything else. So I've really been enjoying that. You know, I've been able to watch video on my iPad and use all my apps and my games and everything when I'm traveling instead of, you know, when I was using my Windows tablet, I didn't have an awful lot of good software on there. So um, I couldn't really do the things I like to do with my iPad at home. So I'm glad to be doing that. But it also gave me an opportunity to try out Diablo 3 on the road. How was that? Um, as bad as you in were some, Well, in some respects, it was better than I was hoping. Uh, but the things that you were kind hoping? Of, better than I was hoping. Okay. But, the, you know, the things that bit me still bit me pretty hard. So... Um, the, the app won't even st- you can't even start the game without an internet connection uh, and if you lose connection during a game the the app will freeze and then it will drop you out completely wow. which is which means that you can't use it anywhere where you're not going to get some sort of reliable net connection so you can't play it on a train for instance which is a shame because you know two and a half hour train ride to london is the perfect place to play a game like diablo absolutely because it passes the time you know um in the hotel room, the hotel I was staying at, um, and here's the thing, it was a very expensive hotel and you had to pay for the Wi-Fi. How come cheap hotels, the Wi-Fi's free? But if you're paying £250 a night, all of a sudden you've got to pay for everything else as well. I've noticed that in <laughs> in uh, every hotel I've ever been in, whether it's an expensive one or a cheap one, whether I get free Wi-Fi or paid Wi-Fi, it's always crap Wi-Fi. Well, yeah, there is that too. Um, I've certainly a few places where it's been okay. But anyway, this one, they charged you, so I didn't use it. I had my own uh, MiFi uh, 3G dongle, so I used that. So I'm in the middle of, literally slap bang in the middle of London. I'm right outside Hyde Park in Kensington. I'm getting five bars on my MiFi. Um, so that's as pretty good as 3G is going to be. Right. Yeah. Um, I noticed with Diablo 3 that there were times I got some lag. So I'd be clicking on a monster and nothing would happen. I'd click again, nothing would happen. And then all of a sudden, like, five magic fireballs would come out of me all at once when the server caught up. Um, and for a single-player game, that's pretty weak, got to be honest. I just I don't get it. For a single... I can understand if it's a multiplayer game. It's a necessity. You have to have yeah. internet connection. And if you have, you know, lousy connection, it's going to drop you out so the other players don't, you know, suffer because of your crappy internet. But I can a single only, player. I, yeah. I just don't get it. It makes no I, sense. Well, I can only presume that 
rather than writing two engines, they wrote one, uh, the multiplayer engine, because Diablo has always been very much about multiplayer, even back in the day. Um, so I can only presume they decided to save cost and time and money and whatever. They wrote only an online engine, and then they've adapted it for single player, which means that you need to have some stuff going on up in the cloud. But uh, it's pretty sucky, I've got to say. Yeah. It's not great. It's just not great. It doesn't. The point is, is it? It doesn't have to be like that. Uh, I, you, you're playing it like this, and you feel, okay. So I'm suffering this degraded experience, um, and it doesn't benefit me in any way whatsoever, uh, really, I, except for the fact that you know I can fire up my laptop and I can pick up the game where I was, from where I was playing on my Mac at home, which is, don't get me wrong, is fairly convenient, but um, it's not worth suffering lag for if I'm not on a good connection. No. So uh, it, it, you know, it, it kind of, and and again, looking at the game graphically, there's not a lot going on there to justify that big file size and the internet connection, and everything. You know, it looks fine. Um, it looks better than the than Diablo two did, but then you know, Diablo two came out twelve years ago, so of course it was better. Um, but again, it doesn't really feel like uh, it's moved on perhaps as much as as it should have done. So yeah, I was as I said, it was when it worked, it was great, and I had spent a happy couple of hours the other evening playing the game. But then it started to lag, and um, it kind of spoiled me. And when it does that, it kind of takes you out. You're clicking on something, and it's not working, and you're thinking, "Why? What am I, am I doing something wrong?" Right. You, you stop know? thinking about the game, and you start thinking about you know everything else, what's going on, and you start getting angry and frustrated. Uh, and, it, and you know, games like Diablo, there is there is a penalty for dying. Yeah, it's not permadeath in that you don't start again, but uh, effectively every time you get killed, all of your items take a 10% uh, durability hit. So there's so definitely a penalty for... There's a penalty, and, and the game sometimes does this thing where you get swamped by about 15, 20 different monsters. And if you ki- you get lag in the middle of that, they're going to kill you because you're not going to be able to do anything to defend yourself. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you're going to see this happening on screen and you're not going to be able to do a thing about it and then you die and suffer a penalty. And that is a terrible gaming experience. Yeah, if that happens enough times, you just stop playing the game. Yeah, And you exactly. start talking to people about it and reviews get posted and all of a sudden, a lot less copies of that game get sold. But unfortunately, that's not the case because Diablo 3 has been a monster hit. Yeah. One of their biggest selling games. So unfortunately, we're going to see more of the, more of the same which uh, is, makes me a bit sad. It's particularly sad that it's all come from Blizzard, who always used to be very much about, you know, we're the, we're the company with the gamers, um, the gamer at the forefront of our minds. So I played a pretty fun game. This one was on uh, iOS. I've got it on my iPhone and my iPad, although I'll be honest. I did play it a little bit on my iPhone, but I generally don't play games there because the screen is just too small. Yeah, I'm the same. Yep. And uh, so I, I've got it on my iPad. It's called Lethal Lance. It's $1.99 in the U.S. App Store. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a side-scrolling shooter. You can jump. You can shoot. And I actually had a lot of fun with it. The company actually sent me a free promo, so I didn't pay for it. And, uh, you know, I get those requests two or three times a day. Some software company wants to send me a free copy of their game or their whatever it is, uh, hoping that I'll review it or talk about it here on the podcast. Most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, I, I, I never even reply. Or if I do, I say, yeah. you know, uh, I'm not looking to review this right now. I'll pass it over to our reviews editor at MyMac.com, and um, maybe one of our reviewers would be interested, or, or writers, I should say. 
But I don't know. This time I was uh, setting up my computer. The email came in and it said, click here to get your free promo code. I thought, yeah, why not? So I did. Uh, they emailed it to me the day that the game was released last week. And I got to say, it's a fun game, David. It's a, uh, mm-hmm. like I said, it's a dollar 99. So it's almost free. I mean, two bucks is nothing. Uh, I would definitely pay for it if I didn't already own it. The only problem I really have with the game, and this will be addressed as well in the future, is I beat the game in probably total playing time, an hour and a half. Right. I beat every level. Now, I didn't get three stars on every level. Um, You get a star for collecting all the stars in the level, uh, not getting hurt, and completing the level under a time. So you can get up to three stars. And I got between one to three stars on all the levels, but I did complete them all. And, you know, the replayability is to go back to a level that you already won and see if you can do it with, you know, getting as many stars as possible or not getting hurt. And it helps because you die often in this game when you first play a level. Because mm-hmm. you don't know that if you don't make this jump, you're going to fall into water and die. <laughs> yeah. But it's a very simple game, to be honest. But what I like about it is the controls are very, very accurate. They're very tight. And I found a lot of iOS games and Android games, to be honest, because I do have some on Android. They feel mushy sometimes because it's not a physical mm-hmm. button. And it just doesn't work well in a lot of games. But in this yeah. game in particular... It worked really, really well. I mean, you, if you're jumping, you want to jump a little higher, you just hold down the button for jump a little bit, and it jumps higher instead of a double jump like a lot of games do. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, to make my gun shoot faster, so I was just holding down the fire button, but it would just shoot one time. If I push it a bunch of times, it shoots faster. So, um, you know, it's a, it's kind of a basic game. It's It's not quite 8-bit graphics, but it's not, you know... 3D or anything. It's very cartoonish. But, see, here's the problem. Okay, they asked you to look at this game and you played it and you enjoyed it. Yep. But unless you... if, if Just looking at, at the listing here in the App Store, unless somebody actually loaded this game up on my iPad for me to play, I would never look at it. No. It's because it, it looks... It looks like the a thousand same. other games. Yeah, it looks like a thousand... I, I, I'm kind of over the retro graphics now. To me, that is not a feature. That's just lazy. Yeah, we've got Retina devices in our hands with wicked processors and excellent graphic support. I want to see that being used in games. I agree. Yeah, even even simple platformers, that sort of thing. I want to. I want the graphics to blow me away. And the you know, you know, you and I both know the real reason that many developers are doing retro eight bit graphics is because it's easier, less well, work to do. I think there is a nostalgia factor that played for a very long time and you got to remember even a game as simple if you want to call it that as lethal lance probably took six months to a year to develop before it was actually released right yeah a year ago that was all the rage this 16-bit 8-bit type graphics that's what people were really buying they really enjoyed it now it's kind of over but you're still going to get a lot more for the next few months because people were excited when this game went in development and i don't mind those type of graphics if it works for that type of game in this kind of game honestly i think it works better because of the simple graphics it's very fluid well yeah but you can make it fluid with high-res graphics 
Uh, I know. And, you know, to me, um, you know, I've played some very, very fluid games on um, on low-res machines. I remember playing in, uh, Impossible Mission back on the Commodore 64. And the, the animation, the fluidity in that, Prince of Persia was the same, was amazing. Yeah. Um, but the point is, is that we have multi-core computers in our hands now with high-res screens. But you don't yeah, think there's that, enough graphics games out there that... I, I, no, I don't, I don't think there's a lot... I don't think there's an awful lot of stuff that's really pushing the boundaries of graphics on these devices now. You know, you know the, the iPad Air should be able to deliver better than console quality graphics of, you know, the last generation... Uh, not the last generation, but the PlayStation 2 generation. Um, it should be able to, to, to beat that very well. And I've got some games on, on my iPad that do. But then there's an awful lot of games like this that don't. And to me, I, I just don't, I don't get it now. But if you're you know, a developer and you know that the, the barrier to massive hit and floundering in you know obscurity in the App Store could be another year worth of development, because let's be honest... To create graphics like you're wanting takes a lot longer. It does and take so longer. If you're going to spend that much more time, you're going to have to charge more for it. Until people start doing it, it's not going to get any easier. That's the problem. At the moment, with the reason we're stuck with a glut of these sorts of games is because everyone's doing them. Everyone knows how to do them. Uh, and so they're working on doing those, but they're not pushing the envelope. And these games don't stand out from each other. But if you did a game like this but with fabulous high-res graphics, then it would stand out. Particularly if it was... Well, it's not the, not the only reason, but the point is this is just going to get lost in the crowd. And, and it's a shame because you said you played it and it was a fun game. It was, it was a good game. game. And they said that they're going to have updates for new levels. They didn't say it's going to be in-app purchases. They just said they're going to release new levels as yeah, time goes on. It's, 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 bulk, it's, from, it's published by Bulky Picks, who yep. are, are uh, very big on... Uh, selling updates, so mm-hmm. I would imagine, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. You pay no, your dollar ninety. If they came, you out pay your dollar ninety nine. You yep. get thirty two levels, and if then they do thirty two more. It's another dollar ninety nine. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. And I would, but I, I, would I just absolutely do that. Yeah, I I just wish that um, somebody would be a little bit more creative. Well, I, yeah, exactly, and and yeah. I, you know, I I'm I with wish you there. that I am. Yeah, I wish I, the retro movement would kind of it has its place. But I think it's time we moved on now. I agree, but it depends on the game. I uh, I talked to Owen Rubin on the phone last night. I had an idea for a game. And he likes the idea. You know, he does iOS development too, and he knows a lot of developers. So we're actually going to talk to another person who created a game engine that would work real well for my idea. And I'm debating whether I want to talk about the idea publicly yet or not. Uh, but the the actual game itself is set in the 80s and for that reason alone i think 16-bit graphics would be perfect but that's fine that's a stylistic decision you're not doing that just because you want to imitate everyone else no no i'm not it, because that's that's what games would have looked like in the 80s even the go even though it's not like i'll tell you off the line <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. What, what the idea yes, is? If, if something's in early early development, it's not the time to talk about mm-hmm. it now. Yeah, but there but there is a reason to make the graphics look that way, and I agree with you that some games that you know bring a little bit more to the table. If you want to stand out, if you want to sell millions of copies of your two dollar game, then it has to look at least look a little bit different 
than a thousand other games out there. Yeah. And as much as I like Lethal Lance and I had a good time playing it, I, I got to be honest, David, like you, I wouldn't have given it a second look if I had to pay for it, if I was just browsing the app store. Yeah. Never would have even looked at it because it's just like every other game. Mm-hmm. But I did play it, and it is a good game, and I, I really enjoyed it. And it's got a little bit of replayability to it. And if they come out with an update for in-app purchasing for new levels, I would seriously consider you know getting a new level for it because I liked it. It was fun. Cool. And it was uh, well worth $1.99 if I would have paid. So that's my mini review of Lethal Lance, and uh, you could find it on the App Store for iOS. David, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about something that happened in the news this last week that we uh, exchanged a few emails about. We'll be right back. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for prime time. Back here on Tech Fan number 160, Tim Robertson, that's me, David Cohen, that's him. Off air, I told David about my game, and just riffing, David and I came up with uh, another game. So yeah. it's too bad we don't program, David, because we got two particularly fun games, that, or potentially, I should say, that we think both would sell well. I think mm. the second one would be easier to do because there's a lot of games already kind of like it, but this one is unique. Yeah. It, it would be fun. Definitely. If anyone out there knows how to program for iOS and is looking for a project, get in touch. Yes. We'll be creative directors. You do the coding. Yeah. We'll split everything three ways. Yep. Apple, me, and David, and then you. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, you make more than David and I because we'll, we'll split a third of it. Yeah. It'd be fun. That would be neat. And, you know, it, it seems like, oh, yeah, who's ever going to do that? I've done that. <laughs> I heard he had an app that I came up with, wrote a white paper, posted online, got together with the developer, and actually made the game. Well, do you, have trouble, game. do you have trouble spending all that money? <laughs> yeah, I sure do. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about what you and I were emailing back and forth. We alluded to it in the first segment. Um, go ahead and bring us up to date. So um, everybody knows that if you have... Uh, when the iPad came out that kind of it kick-started the tablet revolution and um, one of the first apps that came out for the iPad was the Kindle app so that you could read your Kindle books on your iPad and one of the other things that people said was well okay fine so Kindle's Kindle's great but they're already Kindle's they're already in Kindle's you you know kind of reading an e-book on an iPad's a bit of a waste but wouldn't an iPad be great for comics that was one of my first thoughts when I first saw the iPad. I, I've been a comic book reader since 78, 77, 76, yeah. somewhere in there. And I've always loved comic books, but comic books reading on a computer screen, well, sucks. 
Yeah. You don't it doesn't feel like you're reading a comic. With yeah. an iPad, however, it's almost the original iPad. It's almost the perfect size to read comic books. You you gotta scroll just a tiny little bit to see the bottom of the screen if you're looking at it full size. But it's it's a perfect device for reading comic books, David. And the big app on the on iOS for reading apps is Comixology, which is a great solution because they have all the comics on there. They have deals with all the comics. They've also uh, subcontracted their engine to guys like Marvel and DC. So if you buy the Marvel app, you're actually running Comixology um, if you software. Buy an app through there, it's also accessible through co- co- the main app. Exactly, and um, you know it's a nice solution. It you, it shows you the page with all the panels on it, and then you press on one panel, and then it moves from panel to panel. So you can actually you don't have to squint at the screen, even if it's too small. It's a very good solution. It's been very big, and they have their own store, or they had their own store, but they were acquired by Amazon a couple of weeks ago, uh, and very quickly. Their app changed. New version came out, and all the online purchasing through the app is gone. And this is because Amazon doesn't like to pay uh, Apple's thirty percent cut. Well, this that's is what, what we it, assume because no, well, well, no yeah, one but the, has ever there's said that. Form, there's some form here because app, um, Amazon used to have uh, in-app book purchasing on their Kindle app, and Apple said, "Well, if you're going to do that, you're going to need to pay us thirty percent, um, or or take it out." Uh, and for a while, Amazon tried to circumvent it by having web links in the app and everything, and Apple said, no, 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 if you're going to do that, you've got to pay the 30%. So eventually that functionality was removed. So the Kindle app on the iPad is just a reader, and if you want to buy your books and load them onto your iPad, you have to go to the website and do that. Um, and effectively, that's the same model that Comixology app now has, in that if you want to buy Comixology comics, you have to go to their website and buy them, and they then appear in your Comixology app. And it's important to stress, this change has not made Comixology into an app version of the Kindle. No. Um, you know, it's not integrated with Amazon's main website, with the Kindle website. It's still completely standalone. But the point is, if you want to read the comics, if you want to get comics into it, you have to come out of the app and go somewhere else to make those apps. It's effectively, it's now just a reading application. Yep. And a lot of people who love Comixology, including many guys who write comics and draw comics, are very upset about this. And the principal complaint is that uh, this stops you really from browsing comics. It does. It's, it's, it's fine if you're an avid comic reader and you want to read them on your device because you're going to know where to go and what you want to get and everything. But there's no opportunity for kind of browse and purchase. There's cert- yeah, there's no opportunity, certainly for somebody who's maybe never read a digital comic before or maybe never even read a comic book at all before to pick up the app, click on it, go, oh, right, okay, I'll see this. Oh, uh, well, I've started reading this book now. I wonder what happens in the next issue or... Um, you know, who is this who is this Natasha Romanoff girl and where's she come from and does she have her own book and you know, you can't do any of that in the app anymore. Um so yeah, browse and discovery is gone. And um you you felt I think much much the same as I did that um that was kinda sad. Uh not only that, it it here's what makes me upset about it. And Apple set this up and they set the themselves up to be, I hate to call them a victim, but let's just use that for now. They set themselves up in that they weren't willing to negotiate with content creators for a less 
lesser split. In other words, they didn't want to, somebody else didn't want to give up 30% just to get on Apple's device and sell. And I understand that. I wouldn't want to give it up either. But if you want to be on Apple's platform that they created, that they put all the money in marketing, research, new versions of it, updating the software, it's Apple's universe when it comes to the iPad and iOS because they created it. It didn't exist. There was no market for any of this stuff until Apple invented it. None. Zero. Yeah. So you can go around that and still make millions of dollars and Apple gets nothing in return. I understand that, you know... Apple's job, what they look at as their job is to make the best hardware platform out there. And they've done that, in my opinion. Do they deserve 30% of everything sold? Well, if it's an in-app purchase, yes. Now, there are ways you can buy stuff and have it sent to your devices, and you don't have to pay that. My problem here is Amazon bought something that was wildly successful and the first thing they did was make it worse. And buying comic yeah. books up until recently has always sucked. You have to go to a comic book store to buy comic books. It was a ghetto. And I'm not the one that came yeah. up with that terminology. A comic book creator did. Someone that's been around for a very long time. Yeah. And I, I, Yeah, I've got a bit. I like, I like reading comics. But the majority of comics I've ever read, ever read, have been graphics novels I've picked up in bookstores. Because comic book stores intimidate me. Sure. They are, they are, it is the classic example of too much choice. Yep. You walk into a comic book shop and it is floor to ceiling with books. And, uh, you know, there is a mix of weird stuff off-the-wall stuff, mainstream stuff, but stuff you've never heard of. But it's also intimidating because with comic books, most of them, they're continuing stories, issue to issue to issue. Yeah. You don't even know where to jump in. Well, no, this, this is exactly the problem. Suppose, you know, I, 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 I decide, uh, I've seen the Batman, no, I saw the Christian Bale Batman movies, I want to get into Batman. Where do I start? Do I start with Bat- DC Comics Batman issue number one? Do I, you right. know... What, what 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 do you mean you? Oh, I, I the Dark Knight. Yeah, one of the movies was called The Dark Knight. So, um, oh, here's this this thing that the called, called The Dark Knight. Is that the same as the movie? Is that a a novel? Is that a kind of comic book version of the movie? Well, I don't really want. I've seen the movie. I don't really want that. Um, oh, I know what you mean. You say you say it's something different. Okay, what is that? Oh, well, how come I'm reading this? How come um, how come Bruce Wayne's old in this? You know, how come he's training somebody else? So, you know, it's, it's, it's impenetrable. It really yeah? is. It's absolutely impenetrable. What do you mean? Um, I, I, yeah, I've heard this Green Lantern guy, you know, uh, what's his name? How somebody, how somebody. So I want, why, why, is there, why is there a Kyle in this one? You know, and why are they talking about this other guy is dead? And, you know, <laughs> oh, what do you mean Captain America's dead? Right. <laughs> It, and, and when oh, you and, go and into course, a comic you know, book store, half the comic books that are in there, more than half, are older comic books that are very expensive. Yeah. So the secondary market to get into comic books to, to read the history before the iPad. And there was other... Look, I, I bought a DVD set with every issue of Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man on it up to a certain point. And it was like $50. But that's still a lot cheaper than buying just the one issue of the first appearance of the punisher 
Yeah. You know, I think that was, I don't know. I have no idea. But it allowed me to read these old stories. Now, it was on my computer. That sucks. But at least I could read them. And I didn't have to buy an expensive trade paperback. I didn't have to hunt down back issues. My comic book store doesn't have all the issues, obviously. So I'm never going to get a complete collection. What's the best solution? Well, now it's a tablet. You could hold it in your hand, very similar to a comic book. You can swipe the pages. And back issues, there's no value there in the secondary market. So you can digitally reprint back issues and sell them for the original cover price if you wanted to. Uh, And not only that, you you can get the collections where somebody says, well, you don't need to read all of that stuff. But if you want a potted history of green lantern from where he started to where he is today well you could do with reading this series and this short run and this uh one off and um you know uh some this from the main title but only this 20 issues you don't want to read the rest of it and and you can you can assemble all that together and read it in one go and then you you're up to speed yep that that can be offered to you what what's really disappointing about this i'm looking at the letter that Comicsology issued at the time of the acquisition. Let me just read this to you and see if this tallies with what's happened afterwards. Dearest readers, I'm very excited to share some big news with you. We've just announced that Comicsology is becoming a part of the Amazon family. More than seven years ago, John D. Roberts, Peter Yaffe and I set out to connect people to comic books and graphic novels they'd love, and we're so excited about how far we've come. Thanks to the book we are, books we are privileged to present and the platform we created, there's access to more diverse content than never allowing all readers to enter the amazing world of comics we have long had the goal of making every person on the planet a comics fan with amazon's health this crazy help this crazy goal is more possible than ever before with the kindle amazon has shown a passion for reinventing the reading experience just like comicsology is shown for comics and graphic novels comicsology will retain its identity as an amazon subsidiary and we're not anywhere near done taking comics further in quotes we are confident that with amazon by our side who shares our desire for innovation and a relentless focus on customers we've only just begun we won't be here without you our customers thank you the best is yet to come signed david steinberger co-founder and ceo and unfortunately the first thing they do flies in the face of pretty much 90 percent that letter Mm mm-hmm it, because the the strength of a, an iPhone app that is both a storefront where you can browse, find, uh, explore, download, and buy compared to a reader, there's no comparison. Yeah. Now, comics are inherently completely different than books. If you're on, if you're an Amazon customer and you read books. You go and you find a book to read and you sync it to your Kindle or your iPhone or your iPad or your whatever. And that's at least a couple days to read, right? Yep. Comic books are not like that. You're not going to go find one comic book, buy it, sync it to your device, read the one comic book. You're done in 20 minutes. Now what? I wanted to read more. Well, now I got to go back to the store it doesn't make any sense from a customer's perspective. They are inherently two completely different things. And I think they made their app a thousand times worse. Also, they can make more money. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. 
they wanted to keep a larger piece of the pie. They didn't want to give it to Apple, who created the platform that allowed them to get big in the first place. So they basically said to Apple, thanks, but now we're going to keep more money for ourselves. We're still going to use all of your technology because, let's be honest, no one's reading comic books on Android because nobody's buying Android tablets. Yeah. It, it ticks me off. Um, and also, uh, since this happened, I mean, this has been going on all week. Mm-hmm. No response. Not a word from them. Nope. Well, what can they say? Well, if they really believe that this is the right thing to do, or Amazon believes it's the right thing to do, they should justify it. But they can't. They should That's why least, they're not saying anything. Well, well, they should at least have the guts to come out and say, well, this is the way it is. But to say going, that, that would make no sense from a business perspective. So their best course of action is to remain silent. Now, some could argue that Apple was rejecting some of their in-app purchases because it was R-rated comics. And, and Apple wouldn't allow them to sell those R-rated comics through the app. And they said that was hypocrisy because you could buy the same comic books through Apple's iBookstore, right? That's clearly hypocrisy. Well, Apple sells yeah. it. And you're telling us we can't. Here's the difference. It's clearly marked explicit content, and you have to agree to download it in iBooks that this is adult content. There's no mechanism for that in the Comicology app. None. Yeah. That's the difference. There's practices in place to keep that kind of restricted material away from minors as much as they can, in the iBookstore. There was nothing like that in Cosmicology. Nothing. So nope. maybe Apple should have came back and, and explained that a little better. Maybe they did, and we're only hearing one side of it. But they can't use that as a justification for turning off the storefront. They hurt their, their buyers of the comics. They hurt the creators of the comics because less copies are going to be sold now. I have no doubt that they'll see some minor success for a while, but I think this spells the death of them. Long-term. Well, I, they, they're clearly they're clearly gambling that um, their dedicated hardcore comics readers will stick with them despite it. But they won't. Uh, Here's why, David. People don't care where they get the books from. If another app comes out that uses very similar tech type of technology, and here's a, a a fact, it's already happening. There's already dedicated readers. You don't need to use their app to read them. All you're going to yeah. do is make it more difficult for your customers to find the books. They're just going to use another bookstore. There's no loyalty to... Nobody has a loyalty to this company. They have a loyalty to Spider-Man and Superman and Batman. That's where their loyalties lie. They want to read those stories. They don't mm-hmm. give a crap who makes the app. If you make it harder for them to find and buy, they're going to use an app that's easier to use. Now, I wonder if you've, if you've got the dedicated Marvel app. Um, the storefront's say, still there. The storefront's still there. Yep. So basically what's going to happen is nobody's going to buy through Comics on or Amazon anymore. They're just going to go directly to the publishers. Yes. Yep. So that doesn't seem to be a smart move. No, and if if they wanted to be the iTunes of comic books, then you have to have in-app purchases. 
There's going to be yep. a cost. You're going to have because it's convenient. That's the thirty percent. You can whine and cry about that. That Apple's taking. That's your convenience. That's your price to pay. Well, I yeah, I, to be the this new kind, iTunes it, you of you know comics. this kind of a, this kind of annoys me a little bit that everyone goes oh Apple have just been greedy. It could it it does not cost nothing to run the App Store. Nope. Yeah, they've got huge data centers all around the world, and to keep that and to to keep it up and operating and reliable and tra- process all those tracks and everything costs a lot of money. I don't. I honestly don't believe that Apple's making a huge profit on that thirty percent. I don't because either, but more than that. constantly growing that platform sure. to support their users. More, and, they and invented so, it. This is yeah. I mean, these companies that were that had their storefront were willing to pay Apple thirty percent, sells out to Amazon and pulls the store. It's all about greed. That's all it is. Amazon does not want to pay Apple the thirty percent per transaction. I understand that they don't want to do that, and I I I get it. But don't pretend that there's another viable option that was out there that helped you make this business to begin with. There wasn't. There simply wasn't. Yeah. iBooks or, or downloadable books really did not explode in popularity into the iPad. Now, what's going to be interesting is, I mean, you've, you've talked about nobody reading comics on Android, but of course, Amazon has some Android tablets, the Kindle Fires. Well, not only that, but you can still download this app. Here, here's the flip side of this, David. They released the app for Android's Play Store. Not just yeah. the Kindles, Android Play. It has a storefront. You can still buy comics through this app on Android, just not iOS. So they can't make the argument like you were suggesting that they could or that they should, that this is better for customers. It's not, because if it was... Why is the Play Store now available on Android Play? And how much does Google charge? They, for only, that they charge 30% only if you process the payments through them, but you don't have to. If you do your own processing, then you don't have to pay that 30%. And they're doing their own processing. They're not using Google to process payments on that platform. So this so, is clearly about the 30%. Yeah. So they, they used Apple. They were willing to pay the 30% to get popular. Amazon swoops in, picks them up for who knows how many millions of dollars. And they immediately say, okay, we're not going to give Apple that 30% anymore, so turn that off. Short-sighted and stupid. And has nothing to do with the, the readers of comics or the apps that people were downloading. In other words, the people who are using this app. And yeah. they screwed those people over. And they screwed comic book creators over. They hurt that entire industry until a competitor comes out. And I guarantee you there will be a competitor. Yeah. I mean, look, comic books aren't as uh, digitally stolen as often as, say, music or movies are. But only because oh, they're not well, as popular. That's only, well, I was going to say, yeah, I think that's only because you're... Uh, you're um, your base of people who want to read that content is smaller. Um, I've been to places where you can get the uh, CBZ files online, and uh, yeah, the comics are released the same day. Oh yeah, they're pretty much ripping everything off as soon as it comes out. And you and know? here's the thing: this was happening in the music industry, and the only thing that saved the music industry digitally 
was iTunes. Mm. That's what. Well, the iPad and iTunes. Yeah, or I'm sorry, the, 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 the iPod and iTunes. And the key facet of that was not the single storefront. It nope. was the fact that it was more convenient yep. to pay Absolutely. than it was to go and rip it off. It was easier to browse, yeah. listen to samples, um, one-click downloads. It was convenience. That's what customers want. They want convenience. Going to a dedicated comic book store that's very intimidating to a new uh, reader is not convenient. You know, usually a comic book store is kind of in the crappy mall or crappy location because they don't make a, a lot yeah, of money. Or a, or a kind of a, yeah, a rough looking strip mall somewhere. Right. You go in, they're not usually really well lit. There's usual, they're usually pretty dingy, to be honest. I've been to a yeah. lot of comic book stores. They're not pleasant shopping experiences. It's not a place yeah. that I feel confident bringing my children into. The, and these are uh, comic books. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I've been in a few where they had a nice sign line in girly mags and porn stuff at the back sure, as well. absolutely. You know? So, yeah, it's it's very, I mean, it is very much the, uh, well, if you ever watched The Big Bang Theory, I mean, that's pretty much what it's like. Yeah. And, you and, know, it is full of full of uh, nerdy people who will diss you for asking what they view as being a, all right. a silly question. Yes. Well, it's a bunch of nerds who got picked on in school, and now they get to pick on other people. That's yeah. all it is. And <laughs> it's not a place that you want to bring your kids. I used to buy comic books all the time in comic book stores. I didn't like it to go in there with my kids. Mm. I never even liked going to the store because they were... I thought I was a little nerdy at the time. Oh, no. No, not at all. So I think it's terrible what they've done here. I really do. And they've done it. They've set the entire industry back. And I think I that's... Whatever the, yeah, I, th I think whatever the reasons for it and whatever the justification is internally or in Amazon or whatever, I... You can argue till the cows come home about whether they've got a right to do it, whether Apple's got a right to do it, whatever. The point is, is that the end result is that the consumer has lost. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. I think the industry has lost yep. something here. I mean, finally, a, a viable alternative to the shitty comic book store. And it's right on my iPad. It's quick and easy. Uh, an average comic book was about 30 megabytes. Yeah. So it took almost no time to download. And I could I could browse. I could get back issues. There were sales. Uh, there were free issues occasionally. It was great. They were becoming the iTunes of comic book store. And we absolutely needed that as comic book readers. But now... So, well, so, right. So we've talked about this from the perspective of browse and buy and acquiring new new sales, new readers, making comics more accessible. Um, you're a... You're a I, I suggest you're a much bigger comic book fan than I am. Probably. Yeah. Um, so you, as a dedicated comic book fan who's technically aware and perfectly capable of going to an alternative website to buy your comics, should you so desire, what's your position on this? Do you like digital comics enough to get past this and still continue to use Comixology? Or are you saying, well, I, I'm going to, or in some respect, cut off my nose to spite my face and not use Comixology anymore. What's your What's your personal response to this? Uh, I don't like how a company kind of screwed me over. 
mm-hmm. made it more difficult for me to buy. And thus, I will look for alternatives. And if I can't find alternatives, I'll look for alternatives again. <laughs> look, look, here's if you're talking to the very technically savvy, I know where to download all these comic books illegally every day if I want. Mm. Um, I could go that route very easily. But if you do that, you're—I mean, yeah, you're sticking it in the in the eye to Amazon and to. Well, that's why I don't do it because I, I respect yeah, but the, the problem who is, is yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're then also spicing the people who who write uh, and draw the book and publish the books who, yep. let's face it, are, are, have relatively little skin in this particular game. Mm, uh, well, they have a lot of skin in this game because well, as I don't, a whole, I, people are going to buy less comics. Because the, it's the, not the hardcore that they're going to piss off and they're going to lose. It's the casual, and the casuals far outweigh, far outweigh well, as customers this is, the hardcore. I mean, this is why I think it's a... It's a it's a short-sighted business decision because the future of any publishing medium is growth and, and growth is selling to people who don't buy today. Uh, and if you're going to do that, you've got to, you've got to do it in a way that, uh, that is, is more accessible, not less accessible. And you can't turn around and say, Oh, well, I don't like the way the biggest player in this market does business. So I'm going to go my own way. I mean, that's, <laughs> You know that's the Sony business model, and it's not working out for them right now. Right now, if it was a, if it came down to, we think that more people on Amazon is going to buy these than people on iOS. That's that's where our focus is going to be. That's a viable reason right there. Yeah. But we know that that's not a viable industry because there really isn't a tabloid or tablet a tablet market outside of the iPad. The iPad still is dominant it's still an ipad market it's not an, a tablet market it, it's just that's a fact now that's not the case when it comes to the phones but when it comes to the big tablets it's ipads mm. well i mean I, I can only imagine amazon's play here is that it's a longer term play they're they're gambling that the ipad will not continue to be as dominant as it is today and, and that's, that a, over- that's a good gamble but here's the problem david and Somebody else is going to come along and do this. And all the money you just spent for the team and the technology for Comixology is going to go to somebody else. That those bus- that business is going to go elsewhere. Because somebody else is going to make it more convenient. They're not going to refuse Apple simply out of spite and to make a little bit more money. They're going to make it easier for people to find and buy. And you lose them. They're gone. Well, uh, yeah, but hang on. Yeah, I mean, you talk about an alternative stepping in, but suppose you and I set up a new uh, iOS comic book platform tomorrow. Uh, so we go to Marvel and we go to DC and we say, and we go to um, Dark Horse and all the other, you know, comic book publishers we want. Say, right, well, we, we've got a new digital platform uh, and we'd like to publish your comics, please. What's the deal? Uh, and then in the other room, the Amazon rep is there and, and he's saying to um, Marvel, DC, and say, well, we've got Comixology. You deal with them. You ain't dealing with us no more. Mm-hmm. Then what do they do? They deal with the people who make it the most convenient to purchase material. Uh, uh, well, I think... I because think Amazon's not talking is, to Apple. The problem with what you just no, said... No, 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 no I'm not talking... No, they're not, no I'm, talking, I'm talking about Amazon talking to the publishers and saying, you deal with us, and you, you know that Amazon works this way. Sure. They, they say, you deal with us, yeah, you don't deal with them. 
you deal with them, then okay, we might still deal with you, but all of a sudden our terms become different and, and less in your yeah, favor. Yeah, but the problem is for Amazon is that one's yeah. owned by Warner. They Amazon. This is and I think this is by Disney. They they're not going to bully Disney or Warner Communications. They're just not. Those are two. Those two companies are I too big. I don't know the prop. The prop. Well, they they might be big in aggregate, but when you're talking about the Marvel Comics publishing arm, they are not that size. And and I think they will take a business decision which says, ultimately, whatever the situation, what's the situation today? Where are we going to sell the most comics? We're going to sell the most comics by sticking with Amazon. And I and, and, and I think I think, that I think those people at Marvel are smart enough because Mar uh, Amazon's been selling comic books for years and years and years, and they don't sell hardly any because. Their storefront sucks when it comes to finding anything. But, it just but does. Now, yeah, but now they're going to turn around and say, oh, but we've got Comixology, we've got the big platform. But nobody's uh, using it. We have saw all the bad news that, you know, the comic book fans are up in our I, 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 store on I just, I just wonder, when it comes, you know, all of these things being fine, but the, a lot of these things we're talking about here are points of principle. And I just wonder in the boardrooms of these places, whether points of principle count enough to stick um it's, with doing things the right thing and let's face it if if points of principle stuck enough yeah then all those fine words that the ceo of comiXology put in that letter would have meant he never would have signed the deal with amazon in the first place because if i were him and amazon comes to me with a big pile of money and says i want to buy your platform the first question i would ask is well what happens to our platform after you buy us mm -hmm. yeah and it you're not telling me that Amazon Amazon turned around and said, oh, it'll be fine. We won't change a thing. Yeah. And then a week later, the thing disappears. They would have had to said some. Well, of course, you've got to realize we're going to have to make your app like uh, our Kindle app. And we're going to have to remove the storefront. Yep. And the guy said, mm, yeah, all right. Yeah, show me the money anyway. Now, unfortunately, that is a hard-nosed business decision. Comic, The board of Comixology decided that even though... Amazon were going to do something that was very, they must have recognized, was very much in the disinterest of their customers at that point. They would rather take the money from Amazon than actually stick to that point of principle. I'm afraid to say that in today's corporate world, the, the boards of Marvel, the boards of DC, the boards of Dark Horse, the boys of the boards of everybody are going to take that same decision, which is say, which is going to say, you know what, we're going to we're going to we might not like it, but we're going to continue to back the Amazon Comicsology train. So I, I don't, I just don't believe that I do it, I, because that it would be it would be easy for another so another Comicsology to come come along. But I, I suspect that Amazon will use every dirty trick in the book to try and stop. I and that's the platform coming on and competing, competing with Comixology. I agree, but here's the counter to that. They already sell comics on Amazon. They already sell comics in the iBookstore. People, customers, don't want to jump through hoops to find their content and, and, and download it and then go to another app and start reading it. They want it all together, just so like do you think iTunes. That, do you think this will see an uptick in um, comic sales and iBooks? No, because they were already there, and it was the same price. It's the convenience, and Apple so recognizes what, that. What's um, what's what's bad about the? I've never tried to buy to read or buy a comic through iBooks. What's the downside of that experience compared to Comicsology? Um, finding uh, it was the iBook store is never focused. It's it's all books to them, right? Whereas Comicsology was about the comic book market, so they understood it. It's it's. 
it's akin to going into a big chain store where they sell a little bit of everything. So, uh, you know, there's no real experts. They don't really know how to sell music. They have it, but they don't really have experts there that's going to guide you through. Whereas Cosmicology, their app was the expert. So they were guiding you through finding like titles, uh, what you're going to like. The reviews were very comic-focused. And it's one and the same. You buy, you download, you read. It's, it's, it's complete. It's right there. Whereas iTunes Bookstore, it's a colossal mess. It's, there's stuff all over the place. They, they tried to iTunes books. And books and music are, and mu- movies are inherently different. Apple doesn't know the distinction between It's all digital content to them. And they didn't really make a bookstore. If you go back and looked at what the original Kindle app was with the built-in bookstore, it was so much easier to find and explore and download and read than iBooks are to this day. Because that's not what Apple's good at. It's not their core competency. Yeah. So I don't think that's what readers are going to do. Plus, and and maybe this is a, a... this works, I think, both in and and not in favor of cosmicology. I never actually bought something and see if I could load it into a, a reader for another. I've never tried that. Mm-hmm. Like comic Z. Well, you could put your own I, I, comic yeah, files I mean, there in a reader. Yeah, but you can't take a Kindle book and load it into another reader, so it's going to end up with but the same amount of DRM. But books don't have the same collectability as comic books do. No, but what I'm saying is, is as an Amazon property, it's going to have the same Amazon DRM that all their other content has. Right. So that's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to take a comicsology comic book and move it anywhere else. I think you could have before. Yeah, but you won't be able to now. Right, and that's going to hurt them. Comic book readers, they want to be able to go back and read their old issues, and they don't want to be tied to one simple platform, either iTunes or Kindle, to read them. So any other company that comes up with a solution that allows you to take your content to other readers will be successful. We already know that DRM doesn't work. We know that simply because of iTunes. You know, when you put too much restrictive... DRM, it draws people away. It just, it, it, that's the way it works. We want to be able to take our music and listen to it wherever we want. We shouldn't have to sign into a network just to listen to our music. And once Apple got rid of DRM, it didn't hurt sales, it helped sales. Mm-hmm. Same thing is going to happen with comics. Because the biggest difference, David, between an average book reader and an average comic book reader, the average comic book reader is much more nerdy, much more technically savvy than the average book reader ever will be. And an average book reader doesn't realize if they buy something on the Kindle, it can only be used on a Kindle, whether it's a Kindle app or an actual Kindle. Yeah, I think a lot of them do, to be honest, but they don't, I don't care. I don't, think, I don't think they care because most people don't reread the same book over and over and over, whereas comic book fans, they will generally read the same story over a few times. And a couple of years later, they'll want to read it again. And if you lock them into DRM and they can't do it, you lost their business. They'll just go download it illegally. If I bought a comic book on Cosmicology and I want to read it again, but I stopped using Cosmicology, let's say they went out of business or what just happened and they lost my loyalty, whatever. And I can't, I can't get that content that I already paid for. I have no problem of going and downloading something illegally. 
No, I, I because I, I justify it to myself. Yeah. I already paid for this. Yeah, I already paid for it. Yeah. I think it's a hot mess. I think that uh, I think they screwed over their their customer base, and their customer base is and has been very very vocal about this. If you go to the iTunes page for this app now, yeah. wow, they're getting slammed. Yeah. And none of the articles that's been written either in the comic book press or the tech press, and this is one of those rare situations where this type of story is viable in both media outlets. Not one of them, except for the one you sent me that I've seen, has been positive. And even that one wasn't really positive. It was just well, trying no, to justify I, it. Uh, yeah, I, as I said, I, that's the reason I sent it to you. I wasn't saying that it, it was right. I was saying that, well, this is an attempt to try and show it from the other side. Right. Um, you know, and, and I, I do, in some respects, I do have some sympathy with uh, the fact that, that there is previous, because of what happened with the Kindle with the Kindle app, there is some previous history here, and maybe this response from Amazon was just, well, let's bring it in line with the Kindle app rather than have that fight again. But having said that, I think I think if that was the case, they should have thought harder about buying Comixology in the first place. Well, they just because saw they- the word books, and they thought, well, it's books, and we're books. We're all about books, so we should own that. And, and I don't think they really know the distinction between a book buyer and a comic book buyer. And it's a world of difference. And and Amazon yeah. just doesn't understand that. I think they're starting to do the inkling now. And I think over the next month or two, when they see sales fall off a cliff for this app, they're going to realize what they paid for and what they're getting in return. <laughs> they're not going to be very happy. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, however, I think, bearing in mind what I read out from the letter from the CEO of Comixology, I'm more... I'm more angry at them than I am at Amazon. The, you know, you could argue whatever Amazon's motives and everything, this is just what Amazon does. This is the way they do business. Yeah. They've never pretended to be anything else. True. Uh, except, you know, whereas Comixology very much portrayed itself, even in that letter, as, you know, we're all about the customers, we're all about making sure that everyone becomes a comic reader and everything, and yet they've allowed a situation to develop which is the antithesis of all of those and it happened um, too soon after the purchase. And it happened, yeah, within a, yeah, within two weeks after the purchase. So basically, they just sold out and screwed their customers over. That's and exactly And they're walking away with their payoff. That's exactly uh, what happened. And, and, and they haven't even had the guts to come out and, and try and defend it nope. after, the, after the fact. You're absolutely right. And so right. I, I hold those three guys far more responsible than I do Jeff Bezos or Amazon, to be honest. Um, I agree. Uh, I, I would... I would uh, I would appreciate having a strong word with them. Um, and, and, and I think, as you say, the fact that they haven't come out and tried to defend it or justify it just underscores the fact that they know full well that they've done bad by their, uh, by their fans. I would love to hear from listeners of this show, whether you're a comic book reader or not, I, I would imagine most of you probably are not, but I'd love to get your take on this story. I think, you know, this is a story that I think goes beyond just cosmicology and Amazon, I think that it's a story about digital content and your right as a customer and what your expectations should be. It's about DRM. Um, and not just today, but looking ahead five years or ten years when the iPad may not be a viable platform anymore. And your content that you purchased, and I'm not talking about the apps because that is tied to the platform. I mean, it's 
I would love to be able to grab my an Amiga disc and put it in my Mac, but I realize that can't happen. But the broader picture of DRM on content or, or media that you should be able to use in the future, irregardless if you're using an iPad or not. You know, with a, a CD-ROM, or I'm sorry, with a CD, it doesn't matter who makes CD player. It still works, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, that's not the case here. So mm. I'd love to hear from the listeners. Um, go to techfanpodcast.com. You can leave a message there or simply send us an email. I'm Tim Robertson. Or I'm sorry. I'm Tim at techfanpodcast.com. And he is? David at techfanpodcast.com. I really, I, seriously, guys, send us some email on this. I'd, I'd really like to know your take. Do you think Cosmicology is in the wrong here? Um, I, I can't say that I wouldn't have took the money if I was them. David, I'll be honest with you. Someone's offering, and we don't know how much. They didn't publicly say how much they, they got purchased for. But let's oh, just I say can't 10 imagine, I can't imagine it. Yeah, I can't imagine it was chips and change. Right. It, it wasn't a billion, but it wasn't $100 million either. So I'm, I'm assuming that it's somewhere between 10 to $25 million. And I, I have to imagine that the guy at the top, the president of the company who started the platform with his two other buddies, they got the majority of that money. It went yeah. to them. If that much money was coming my way, would I sell out? I gotta be honest, David. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'd sell out unless I was making over a million dollars already. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't have. I certainly I wouldn't have the hubris to issue a letter saying, "No, guys, don't worry. You know what? All those great things we've done now, it's gonna be even better." Knowing full well that that is absolutely not the case. Yeah, that 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 I, email. Or that letter that he sent, in comparison with what actually happened, pretty scummy. It, it is really, and you know what? I I also would at least have the decency to come out afterwards and say, well, yeah, sorry about what they did, but you know what? It's not my company anymore. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I would I would at least say that, and um, you know, I would. I fought I with them, not, but this is what they wanted to do, and honestly, they paid for it. They could do whatever they want. Yeah. It wasn't my choice. As you guys know, I ran the company and the software for you know, three years, and you saw what we were doing with it, but we're not the owners of it anymore, and I have to support them because you know, I work here now, but this wasn't what I would have done myself. Yeah. And Amazon turns on and fires him. Oh, well, he still made <laughs> freaking millions and millions of dollars. Have the current unless he's yeah, under a, a let me, a let me non- go and cry into my big pile of money. Right. Well, he could have you know a gag order as part of the contract that he can't say anything negative. I mean, if, yeah, if Amazon's yeah, going to spend that much what? money, that's probably the case. There are ways and there are means, Tim, as you and there I is, both but you well can, know. You can, if you, you can want, buy my if, silence, David, that's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, well, yeah, but the point is, is if, if is even sale. if even if, I I would say even if somebody paid me for my silence. I, you know, in the modern internet age, there is a way of getting your view out there, even if it's not directly attributable to you. And I think that would be some sort of response from these guys would be at least a start to try and repair some of this damage. Well, David, with that, uh, I see someone just PayPal me five bucks to shut up. So I'm going to take that money <laughs> and wrap up this show. Uh, we'll be back next week. And next week we'll also have, I'll have another episode of, OWC Radio. I've got a scheduled interview with uh, Bob Levitas, Dr. Mac. In fact, I'm going to record that interview today. Uh, it's going to be a little different than that. The whole show is going to have Dr. Mac on instead of just a second segment with an interview. So that should be fun. 
And uh, that will be OWC Radio number three. It's about road warriors taking your machine, whether it's a Mac, an iPad, an iPhone, on the road with you. And your job is to not have an office some of the time. What do you do? What do you have? What do you take with you? And we'll also get to know, if you don't know who Dr. Mac is, you'll also get to know him, his history. It's a very rich history. I've known him for, geez, 15, 20 years now. A great guy. I think you guys really enjoyed that uh, interview. And for those who sent in the nice email about my interview with Sean King, thank you very much. It was a fun interview. If you haven't listened to OWC Radio yet, uh, the first two episodes are available in iTunes or simply go to maxsales.com, click the blog, scroll down until you see OWC Radio. So a little bit of uh, advertising there, David, for my other show. Why not? Why not? (laughs) Dave, thanks for being here this week, man. I appreciate it. Speak to you soon. Bye.